This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. All right, you all ready for this? <laughs> that was a, that's a flashback to some song, isn't there? Wow, I don't know what that song is. Doesn't matter, we're not going there. Let's pray. That's a good thing to do, right? Right here, right now. All right, Father, we come before you today. We thank you for this time that we can look at your word, Father. Uh, we just open up our heart. We open up our mind, Father, to what it is that the Holy Spirit has to say to us. Father, we don't want to leave the same. We're, we didn't come to just spectate. No, we came to be transformed by your power, and we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, uh, uh, last week we began a series ent- uh, uh, entitled Pursue, uh, and for those of you that were not here uh, and weren't uh, uh, able to be here, we talked about pursuing the right path, and I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that, but you know, really the, the heart behind this series is, is to examine the things that we pursue, examine all of the things in our life that we pursue, and, and I'm not sure if I did an adequate job last week because uh, it kind of felt like maybe it was more generalized. But, but really my heart is, is to really look and examine your life. Because I think that there are some, some times in our lives, even in the smallest of spaces, even in the smallest of places, that, that, that there's adjustments that can be made. Adjustments that can be made in the things that we're pursuing. Uh, you know, really pursuit is, is, is kind of what we desire. It's what we want. And, and so sometimes, you know, I found it even in my own life that it's like, we really will push hard for certain things. And, and, and at times we will push so hard that we will miss what it is that God's trying to do because of that, that push or that strive or that thing that we desire so much. And so, 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 so the heart of this is just really just spending some time examining what it is that the Bible has to say about those things that we really should be pursuing. And so last week we looked at the path and, uh, you know, and, and, and we found out that the meaning in life is not found in the pursuit of things. It's not found in the pursuit of things, but that meaning in life is found in pursuing God. Amen? And so today I want to talk to you guys about pursuing knowing God. Pursuing knowing God. You know, it's one thing to know about God. And it's a whole nother thing to know him personally. And so really what my challenge is to, to you today is, is to really, I guess, challenge you in what you think you know. Not about God, because I think that, that I can challenge you in that and, and you can be like, yeah, I know this and I know this and I know this. But my challenge is, is like in the personal relationship that you have with your heavenly father that's really the 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 heart behind this is is knowing him personally because in your notes knowing god uh more has to be personal it has to be personal i mean for for the for the four tours of duty i joke about this that in youth ministry i have four tours and i actually have a a tattoo i haven't shown my mom that yet because i know she'd be so so uh wouldn't like that but i actually have four stripes you know how how the guys that are in the army they have stripes on their arms for for tours of duty and things like that well i have four stripes but mine aren't from army they're from four tours of duty in youth ministry uh uh, and so it's it's okay you can laugh and and so but I told the teens for years that it's personal, that knowing God has to be personal. It has to be for you. 
you know, and, and, and thank God for our parents and thank God for, for the, the, the people that have gone before us, maybe grandparents or, or someone that's close to us that, that really has a personal relationship with God and knows him in a great way. And man, they've influenced us. I'm so thankful for my parents because, you know, if it wasn't for their personal relationship with God, I wouldn't be where it is that I am. And I think that, that, that if we went around the room, you would say the same thing. But, but, but as I said to these teenagers for a year, I'm saying to you today, knowing God more, it has to be personal. It has to be something that you want. You know, you, we can come to church and we can sit here and we can know more about God. But the question is, is how is it that you, how do you know him personally? What is he, what is, what are the attributes? Do you know, you know, you know, um, you know, it's, it's like my family, you know, many of you guys, you know, my family, you know, my wife and you know, my kids and, uh, um, you know, you know, some of you are closer to them than others. You, you may know about them, some of the stories that I've told and things like that. But to say that you know them personally, you don't. Right, you, you, you know about them, you know about their lives in a general sense, but, but you don't know them personally like I know them, right? I, I know their attributes, I know what, what they're like, I know that each and every one of them are fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, the, they, they have strong suits, they have weaknesses, you know, there's all these different unique things that are, that are a part of my family. And you, you too, the, those that are close to you in relationship, you know the very same thing. You know what makes your wife mad. You know what makes your wife happy, right? You know what makes your husband mad. You know what makes him happy. You know, you know how each one of your kids, you know how they function and how they operate. You know what, what, what floats their boat and what doesn't work. And you know, what, what, you know how to motivate them. You know all that. I don't know that. I might know, I know about them. I know of them, but I don't know them personally as you know them. And the same thing is true when it comes to your heavenly father. And, you, and, 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 and so that's really the, the, the point that we're making here today. You know, we've all, we've all been asked, do you know so-and-so? And, and we say, well, yeah, yeah, I've heard of him, but, we, but, but I don't know them personally. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to, to really meet them. You know, and, and so we've all been asked that question. So, so it could be said that how we know God is directly related to our personal proximity, how close we are to him. Right? The closer we get, the more we know. The more that we spend time with that person or, or our Heavenly Father, the more we know. And, and we grow in, in, in what it is that we know about Him. Knowing God requires you to know Him personally. It requires it. You, you can sit here today and you can say, I want to know more. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. But if it's not personal, if you're not, if you're not personally taking the steps to do and, 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 and develop that, it won't happen. You can watch, and, and we've seen this through the years, we can watch as one spouse really takes it personally and goes and, and, and pushes forward and, and does it. But, but guess what? I can't, I can't know my heavenly father through my wife's relationship with, with the heavenly father. And so it, it, it requires me to take it personally and to do it personally. And the same thing is true for you. Everyone has their idea of who God is. A quote that was recently shared with me was that uh, religion is people's idea of how to reach God. Relationship with Jesus is God's idea for how people can reach God. 
So, you know, we see that. We see that the, the world that is around us has developed a religion, a religion, a, 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 a way of reaching God. But God's idea of reaching him is through relationship. It's through fellowship. It's through knowing him more personally. You know, and so, so this, this idea that so many people carry can be dangerous because it's like one person said, one, it's one thing to know the Bible and it's another thing to know the one who wrote it. And here's an interesting study. Scott McKnight is a professor of religious studies at North Park College. He gives the students on the first day of their class, he asks them this question, what they think Jesus is like. That's the first question that they ask him. And then shortly thereafter, he, he follows it up with a question of what they think they are like. So that's the second question. And what he and other people have found, this is interesting, that they've done similar studies and they have discovered that everyone thinks that Jesus is just like them. It's interesting, isn't it? That their idea of who Jesus is, is, is that he's just like me. He likes this, this is what he believes, this is how he thinks, this is, and it's not the truth. And so, so it goes on to say that he writes that the test results also suggest that even though we like to think that we are becoming more like Jesus, the reverse is, is probably more of the case. We try to make Jesus like ourselves. Just gonna let that sit in and simmer down, right? Like a crock pot. <laughs> So the challenge is, is, do you know him personally? Or have you made Jesus and what you know about Jesus to be what you think or your idea of him? Or maybe it's the idea of your parents, your dad. Maybe he had a strong influence or your mom or maybe it's a grandparent who they believed a certain way, right? And so that idea of who Jesus was, you, you hold that idea near and dear and it's never become personal, personal to you. And so that's, that's really the challenge in today is, is that, that, that we don't live our lives pursuing what someone else's idea of who Jesus really was. That's, that's, that's the, the, the nuts and the bolts of it. Because the reality of it is, is that Jesus, you know, you start getting close to Jesus, man, and he's going to tell you some things that he wants you to change. He wants you to adjust, that he doesn't like, that he, he wants you to, you know, come up in. And so I think that that's probably maybe, maybe one of the challenges of getting close to Jesus is, is not really wanting to be challenged in those things that we need to change. And maybe we're just comfortable in the fact that it's like, you know, I like Jesus this way. So the question is, is how well do you know him personally? How well do you know him personally? Are you pursuing to know him more personally every day? Because at the end of the year, my question to you is, is how will your relationship be different? As we prayed this morning, that was one of the things that, said, that, that someone said was, is that as a church, the more healthy we are individually in our relationship with God, the, the stronger we are as a body of believers. And so it's, it's imperative that, that you and I are, are personally doing what it is that we know to do in order to be strong, amen? And so I encourage you in this year to develop that relationship 
that, that, that maybe you change the idea that you have in your mind and really allow him to reveal some things to you that are different and, and change you. And so there's a perfect picture of this uh, found in the book of Philippians, uh, this, this picture of this personal pursuit of knowing God in life is found in Paul's life in Philippians 3. You guys remember Paul? Uh, you know, and, and he, he wrote a bunch of the, the Bible. We, we, we talk about him often. But in this case, he's actually writing this, this book of Philippians while he's in prison. Can you believe that? I mean, I, when I think about that, I put myself in his position. It's like things could have been pretty down and out, you know? you know, and, and, and challenging, but no, he was sitting in this, in this cell writing a letter to this church because this church in Philippi, he, he had a really good relationship with them. He was close to them. Uh, they loved him. He loved them. They, get, they encouraged him. He encouraged them. It was just a very, very close-knit relationship and, and, and uh, with one another, but, but the thing is is that this church was, was in a time of persecution. There was some false teaching. There were many conflicts within the church church, you know, uh, a lot like today, the, the day and age that we live in. You know, the, the, the thing is, is that the time was different, but a lot of the details were the same, right? The church is persecuted. There's sometimes there's conflicts. Sometimes there's disagreements, uh, you know, but his letter spoke of, of conduct. It talked about living a life worth, worth living. It talked about agreeing with one another, um, loving one another, holding firm, and encouraging each other in their personal walk. There's that word again. Or encouraging each other in their personal walk and their life together with one another. And here's, here's what I want you to look at in your notes or up on the screen is this, this verse of scripture because this is the key text. Because this is what he said. In Philippians 3.10, it says that he makes this st statement that echoes for eternity. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. My determined purpose is that I may know him. You know, so here he is in this, in this book. He's encouraging them, but he, he, he has come to a conclusion himself, a conclusion that he lives his life by, that my determined purpose in life is that I may know him deeper. And that's, the, that's really the goal of our life. That's what our goal should be. That it's like, you know what? I don't know all, of I, all that I need to know. His, his revelation for my life is progressive. It moves. It's, he, he's going to reveal more and more. Now, you have to understand that he is the same yesterday and today and forever. But we don't know everything. And so as we look at his word, he begins to reveal himself. We realize more, we learn more, and he grows us up. And so Paul's goal was, my determined purpose is that I may know him. He was very clear in what it was that he was pursuing. And that is the thing that we need to be pursuing. His determined purpose was to pursue knowing God. Look what it goes on to say. It says here in the Amplified Version that I may progressively become what? More deeply and more intimately acquainted with him. So we can see here that it's like he didn't stop. He's continuing. He wants to know the Lord deep, more deeply. He wants to know him more intimately. Look at what it says. It says that I want to perceive him and I want to recognize and I want to understand the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection which, uh, which it exerts over believers and that I may share 
share in his sufferings as to become continually transformed. So his goal, man, and his purpose in life was to know the Lord, know him more intimately and more deeply. Can you say that you have the same attitude as Paul? I hope so. Maybe by the end you will. But that's the attitude that we need to have. And so today, you know, we have to determine to pursue knowing God. There has to be a determination in our life. You know, to be determined means uh, that having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. Are you living your life that way? Are you living your life determined? You know, determination, that's, that's a funny word. I can remember, you know, when it comes to determination, I think of Will when he was trying to ride a bike. And I don't know if you guys have had a kid like this, but man, I mean, they don't want to have anything to do with training wheels. Dad, I don't need those training wheels. You know, and, and they struggle and they're trying to do it. And it's like, listen, just let me put the training wheels on. You can get the, get the hang of this. And, and I mean, every time I'd have that conversation, he was so determined. I do not need those training wheels. And we all know that. And it was so funny because... He was determined and we drove all the way to Colorado and we get out of the van and I'm unpacking the van, you know, and after this glorious nine hour trip with four kids and a wife and no dog and, and it was just glorious and we get there and I'm unpacking and I turn around and he had gone over to this bike rack, grabbed a bicycle and just started riding it because he was determined. And the same thing is true, Paul had a determined, a determination, that his determined purpose was that I may know him. And so our pursuit of knowing God more, it requires our determination. Listen, guys, there are all kinds of things in your life that are fighting for your determination. They're fighting for it. They're pulling on it. The, 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 the world that, that we live in, we can set that determination on other things. But Paul was like, no, 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 no. My only one determination is, is that I may know him more intimately. I'm not gonna get tied up and, 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 and distracted and pulled away into these other things because that's the thing, guys. We can be determined Man, I'm, I'm determined that I am going to retire by this point in life. I'm determined that this is how much money I'm gonna you know, make this year. I'm determined, and, and the list goes on. We talked about it last week. All of the paths that, 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 that sometimes we chase and we pursue because we're determined. But Paul's like, nope, we're not doing that. Because here's the thing that you gotta realize about Paul is, is that, that you have to understand he knew what he was talking about. Why did he know what he was talking about? Because if you remember, Paul, before he, before he gave, you know, before he got a revelation of who the Lord was and he gave his heart, you know, and his life to the work of God's ministry, this guy was not a good person. And he was living a life determined to take down the church, determined to take down believers. He went around, man. He drug women and men out of houses. He put them in prison because of what it is that they believed. And so he lived a life determined and pursuing ruining the church against the message of Jesus. But then something happened in his life and he had a revelation of who God really was and then he made a change in his determination, a change in what it was that was, he was pursuing. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 says that, this, that, that prior to this, he says, I once wronged and pursued and persecuted the church of God, oppressing it with cruelty and violence. 
He was determined, but he changed it. He changed it. God got a hold of him and it changed how he pursued. And so, you know, when we look at what it is that surrounded Paul uh, making this statement that, that his determined purpose was knowing God, when you guys look at the scriptures that surround that scripture, we can see that his determined purpose was to know God. We can see very clearly from, from the day that he made the statement that to, to know things are that they're very similar. And if we want to be people that are determined to pursue knowing God more, then there's some things that we need to be aware of. And so here's what you have to understand about this. The enemy, he is okay with you knowing about God. Do you know that? The, the, the adversary of your soul, the, the devil, he is okay with you knowing, the, knowing about God. He's okay with you even going to church. But the minute that you move from knowing about God to it becoming personal and you seeking after the things of God just as Paul did where his determined purpose, when there is an attitude change that is in your heart, when you have the same attitude and the same determination that Paul had, that change that took place in Paul, when that change takes place in your life, now the enemy, you've got his attention. So he is going to do whatever it, is, whatever it takes to keep you from moving from the place of knowing about God to the place of it being personal. And that's why I think that he fights so hard with teenagers and our students and even as adults that, that, that with, the, with the teenagers, he, he's throwing all this stuff at them because he never wants it to be personal for them. He wants, he wants the, the, the generational change, the transition of faith and determination to the next generation to stop. Because he knows, he knows that, that, that if they're not pursuing and determined for their own self, for their own personal, that he's got them. He's good. They'll go a different way. They'll do a different thing. And, and he, he never even has to worry about them. And I think for adults, people that have maybe known him personally at one time in their life, He's okay with, with, with helping change that path that we talked about last week. Get him to kind of go down just a shift in, in course, maybe a little bit less determination on the personal side of God and more determination on the natural, or we'll look at it, human effort, because things maybe don't go right. And so he changes that and, he, and he's got us where he wants us. But man, the minute that we, we make it personal, the minute that we have that attitude change, we've got his attention. He, he's not okay with it. Why do you think, guys, that, that Paul prayed for believers in Ephesians, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3? I encourage you to go, go look at it. And in Colossians, what did he do? He said, I pray for you constantly asking God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. All the time. He's praying for believers to give them spiritual wisdom and insight. So what? So that they might grow in their knowledge of God. I pray that your heart would be flooded with light. He wants believers and, 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 and he wants us as believers to be growing. That the, the, the light is growing in us, but it has to be it has to be personal. Revelation. That's what Paul wanted, man. He wanted the revelation. He wanted God to reveal himself to these believers. And you should want the same thing for your life. 
Because when we, when the light of his gospel and the light of his truth is shined in our life and it becomes personal, we act different. We walk different. We live different. We don't just live for ourselves, man. We, we understand the, the, the revelation of God's word that we are carriers of the power of God. We understand, we, we come, when we go from knowing about God to it being personal, we move to a different level of living. We're useful for him. We can influence the world, which is what, the way he designed it to be. So it is... It is no wonder that the enemy just wants to keep us in a place where we just know about God. No, 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 no. We have to move past that to a place where it's personal so that we can walk in power, so that we can walk in authority, so that we can do the works that he did in greater works. We can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. All of these things that Jesus modeled for us and, and, and basically commanded us to do, we can live that way when it's personal. If it's not personal, we're not gonna live that way. We're just gonna continue to live our life just knowing about God. And then when the crap hits the fan, can I say that? I just did, doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> then all of a sudden, we're, you know, we're real and, 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 and now we want, we want it to be personal. It's true. When problems and everything arises, now it's personal. Now I'm serious. Now I'm determined. All of these adjectives that I've been using the whole sermon, you know, it, that's when it gets, it gets real. God, I need you. The whole time he's sitting there thinking to himself, it hasn't been personal up to this point. And now you just want me to like wave a magic wand and fix everything. And I'm not saying that, that he's not a miracle working God and that he doesn't have grace because he does. But gosh, guys, we need to be people that are just, it's personal. We're just like Paul, man. Our determined purpose in life is to know him. Everything else under that are priorities that fall below that. And so we have to live that way, man, because I'm telling you what, guys, we're going to give an account one day for how we lived our life on this earth. We're going to stand before him and he's going to reveal some things to us. And, and for sure me, I don't want to stand up there and have him reveal things that I should have been walking in that I didn't. I think it's gonna be disappointing. So I'd rather just live a life where it's personal. Live a life where he's transforming me each and every day. Live a life where I'm growing and knowing him more and more and more every day. And you should too. Because the thing is, is that, you know, we, I think sometimes believers, they, they think that it's my job to preach the gospel. But guess what? It's not. You are the church. It's not the building. It's the people that sit in this church where he's made a deposit. Do you know that you guys are vessels and containers of his glory and his power? It resides right down on the inside of you. You're walking around carrying something that is so powerful it can change the world. And when it gets personal and you realize that that's what you're carrying, it can change things. But you know what? The devil, he wants to keep a lid on it. He wants to keep a lid on it, and that lid is, I know about God. And the minute that you say, I'm taking the lid off of this, and I'm going to know, I'm going to make this personal, that personal, it, it comes out of you. It flows out of you. The, the, the things that are real, the things that he's changed, the transformations that have taken place in your life, they, 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 they just flow out of you to people. That is the design. 
And that is what he wants for you as a believer. And so we have to remember that Paul is writing to believers. He's writing to the church in Philippians that, that it, you know, it's a different time and, and it's a different place, but many of the facts are the same. And so I want to share with you guys in the time that I have left three C's in our pursuit of knowing God. Three C's. The first one is your confidence. Confidence placed correctly. Philippians 3.3 says that we rely on what Christ has done for us and we put no confidence in human effort. And so what we can see here is, is that, 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 that Paul understood very clearly that, that, that you, put, you place your confidence in something. You either place it in and you rely on what it is that Christ has done for you or you're placing it in, 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 in what it is, this human effort. And so my question to you today is, is what is your confidence in? I would, I would venture a guess that if you know about God, it is a human effort. You're living your life with this idea that it's, it's, it's about what I can do. It's about what I, you know, I have to do this. I have to, listen guys, that is, that's being bound. You're bound. There is freedom in not having to live a life of human effort. There is a freedom in relying on him to empower you. I mean to tell you when it becomes personal in your life and you take that lid off of the jar of your life, it will flow from you and you will, you will shake your head in amazement of what it is that God can do in your life and through your life and, and how he can influence and how he can touch and how he can change people. And, and it's not even complicated. I mean, we were up at the up at a restaurant here recently and, and I invited a lady, I had invited a couple ladies to church. I said, hey, if you guys, you know, ever want to come down, come down. We'd love to have you, you know. And, and I watched this lady physically flinch on her chair. But can I tell you, the one lady has a church. Great, I encourage her. Hey, you keep going to that church. You know, but this other lady, I don't think she had a church. And I think that there are people in our lives, they are far from God, and it is just, it's the simplest thing. But in our minds, we build it up, and we think, ah, they could never, they, they, they would never, they would never accept it. They would never want to. They, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's going on in their life. We don't know the hurt. We don't know the pain. We don't know what they're dealing with. We don't know what they've been praying. We don't know what they're calling out to God for. You might be the one that they're calling out for. And so it's just imperative that it's personal and that this confidence is placed correctly, not in human effort. You know, there's, there's confidence that we can place in wisdom or philosophy. 1 Corinthians one twenty one says that since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. We live in a world, guys, where they are going to depend on human wisdom and human philosophy to know about God. But you know what? They're not ever gonna be even close. That's what Paul's saying here. Money, we looked at this last week, Luke 20, 12, 29, says in the uh, message translation, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, not to be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. We're talking about where our confidence is placed. There's many things. We could list a lot of them where we place our confidence. But can I tell you, if you look very, very clearly at the word of God, that confidence that's placed in the things that are not of God, it's not in the right place. 
and you're gonna be chasing your tail and you're going to be ineffective and you're gonna suffer in life as a result of putting your confidence or your faith in the wrong things. No, Paul himself had a reason to be confident in his own effort. He said, man, I was born on the right side of town. I was born into the right family. I was educated. I was highly regarded. I looked as important. I was the who's who of everybody. But what did he say in Philippians 3, 7? He says, I once thought those things were valuable. He thought they were. And that's what we do. It's this idea or this way of thinking that we go through life and we think that what it is that we're pursuing is valuable and the Lord is saying it's not right. Stop putting your confidence in those things. That's what the Lord's telling you. Stop putting your confidence in those things that you think are so valuable. When our confidence is in human effort, we think and believe that we are pursuing the right thing. Now considered it worthless, and it goes on to say there in verse seven that Paul said, but now I consider it worthless because of what it is that Christ has done. What did Paul, what happened? Paul had a change in his perspective. He realized, man, all these things I've been pursuing and going after and been so determined in, man, they're worthless. Man, what have I been doing? I've been wasting my time. And what did he go on to say? In eight, he said they're worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. We said this last week and I'm gonna say it again. What you value determines what you pursue. What you value is what you will pursue. What did Paul have? He had a perspective change. Before he was placing value on all the things that he had accomplished, all the things that he had done, the place where he had lived, all the things that he knew. But then he realized it's worthless. And he said, you know what's really valuable? What's really, really, really infinitely valuable is knowing Christ. And that's what changed what it is that he pursued. What you value will determine what you pursue. He discarded everything. Paul discarded. It says he discarded everything, counting it all as garbage so that he could gain Christ. I, I was, when I was reading this, I, was, I had this funny thought. You know, sometimes, you know, how many of you guys have ever, like, as a couple, you, you, you decide, man, we really need to throw some things out. Now, now, some of us, we have a really hard time letting go, right? You know, guys, we think the things in the garage are so valuable. And the ladies in the house, all the things are, are so valuable. And so for a woman, you know, she'll go into the garage and be like, this is all junk. It's, there's nothing in here worth of any value. You know, my wife's made that, that, that toss at me before that, that we need to get rid of some stuff in the garage. I, I'm like hurt. I'm like hurt. Like, why would you say that? I just went through the garage and, and I, I determined that all of these things that are on the shelf, they are valuable. So we have this hard time letting go. Can, let, can we just be honest? But we just have to get to the, to, to the realization, you know what, some of these things that I'm holding on to, some of these things I'm pursuing, they're not valuable. They are worthless. And I need to leave them beside, you know, and, and it's a deception of the enemy that he wants us to think that, that those things or maybe a relationship or, or, you know, there could be just a big long list of things that, that the enemy will hoodwink you into thinking are valuable. And you know what you need to do? You need to toss that thing into the dumpster and not look back. So, what you value determines what you pursue. You gotta change your perspective, change your perspective. You gotta look at that thing and say, you know what, that thing is not valuable. That's what Paul did. Why? Because he wanted to gain Christ. He, didn't, he wasn't okay with knowing about God. 
No, it was, it was personal for him. And he was on this quest, and it was his goal to know him more. Knowing him more will cost you something. It'll cost you something. You're going to have to give up some things. You're going to have to give up some things that you think are valuable. You might even have to give up friends. You might have to give up people that, that are close to you that, you, that, that, that you've got a good relationship with, but they are not taking you the way that you should go. And so you have to give that up. It might be time. It might be a hobby. It might be something that you spend a lot of time pursuing and determine to be successful at. And you might just have to say, you know what? I'm going to set this to the side for a while and I'm going to put my energy, my effort, and my pursuit on my relationship with God and allow him to do something. And if he says it's okay to bring that back into my life, then at that point, I will. So knowing him more will absolutely cost, cost you something. We have to be confident in what it is that Christ has done, who he is. John 10 says that he's the good shepherd. He knows us and we know him. It says that he gives us eternal life. It says that we cannot be taken, that he protects us. It says that, that he's more powerful than anyone. We know that the Bible says that he meets and supplies our needs. It says that he restores us. It says that he sets us free. There's all these things that we know that the Bible says, but do we know them personally? Because man, when we know them personally, we're confident. When sickness comes to your home and you know confidently and personally what the Bible says, not what I said, hey, wait a minute, Brian said that on Sunday. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that you got in the Bible and you underlined or you highlighted or maybe you wrote it down in your notebook on healing and health and wholeness. Maybe when it comes to money in these times in which we live and the, the enemy is trying to devour what it is that you are making and he's devouring it successfully and you're, you're claiming and you're saying and you're doing all these things that you have heard someone else say because you know about it. The minute that you know it, personally, it changes the game. Because when he comes in, man, you can say, no. Why? There's confidence there, man. It's like, it's, it's like when you guys took a test. You guys remember that? Some of you guys are older and you, you took tests a long time ago. I, I, mine weren't very long ago, but man, you can remember that. When you were in school and you, you studied for the test, you went into the test. What were you? You were, you were confident. Now, there's these teenagers in here, I know there's some of them, and they don't study at all. I mean, at all. Now, I know today's school is way, way easier when, uh, today, so we gotta give them that, right? I've heard about some of them stories. But you know, when you have a hard test and you need to pass it, okay, and you care, I mean, some of these kids, they just don't care. <laughs> okay, so that's part of the problem. But if you care, I mean, there were times in my life, okay, there were some of the subjects, I'm like, I care about this. And I'm sure that the teachers see this. But man, when you don't study, there is absolutely no confidence in that. You're going into that test, zero confidence. I, I'm, I'm, and what do you do? You're praying for a miracle. You are praying for a miracle. But aren't we the same thing in life? Where, where, where if we're confident, it changes our attitude. It changes our demeanor. Confidence is faith. Right, it's like we're just firmly persuaded that it's like this, no man, this is what the Bible says. This is what I believe and this is wrong and I stand against it. It's your confidence. Yes, when we personally know this, we're confident. 
So confidence has to be placed correctly. The second C is this, First, uh, Philippians 3.10, for my determined purpose, that's our key text, but there's a, is to, that I may know him. Number two is a constant to live by, a constant. What is constant? It doesn't change. It remains the same. It's unchangingly faithful. And for Paul, that's what this was. It was a constant for him, that he was constantly determined to know him more. And so the thing is, is that for us, our constant cannot be in other things. Our constant needs to be based upon the word of God. God's word is constant. You just have to know that to be true. I think, I think it's just like that comment I just made. We, we will pursue the things that we value. And I think that sometimes we look at the Bible as just a book filled with stories, but we don't look at it as something that will change and, 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 and that there's life. It is the word of God to you. And so when you hold that thing in your, book, in your lap and when you open it up and you begin to read it, you can't look at those words on the page as just another book. It is not just another book. It will change you. It is a constant. And so when we look at life, at the Paul life, I got it. When we look at the life of Paul, he said this, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. And so we'll just run down through these real quick and then we'll uh, bring this to a close and if you wanna go, you can. What did he say? He says, I'm not there yet. So we know that it's a journey. I'm not there yet. This is Paul, guys. This is, he's at the end of his life. There is a potential that he may not make it out of prison, right? I mean, he's expecting, yeah, man, I'm gonna see these people again someday and I'm gonna encourage them. I'm gonna get, get a hug them. But he's like, ah, I don't know. But man, he's just like, you know, so he's, he's down the road. I think in some, some things it says that this, this was like 10, 15 years past some point. Where so, so we're talking, this is later in life. And he says, I'm not there yet, so it's a journey. Number two, I'm not perfect. Thank God he said that. It's a process. It's a process for you and I. I may not get it right every time, but I'm working on it. It is a process. I am a process, I am in process, and that's what we need to say, I'm in process. Now, that's not an invitation or a, or a license to just do whatever it is that we wanna do. Man, if, if the Lord's dealing with you and you need to be you know, making an adjustment and repenting and changing, then do it. But man, being in process. Number three, I'm pressing. What is that? Effort. I continue to push. Even when I'm older, even when I'm getting older, even when I've been in church for 30, 40 years, 50 years, I'm still pushing. I'm still pushing. I'm not coasting. I'm not sitting back. I'm not just relaxing. I'm pushing. That's what Paul was saying. Number four, I'm forgetting. What is that? We got to let go. Sometimes I think we are just held up. We're held up by things that, you know, past failures, things that have happened, you know, in our lives, failures and losses and, and these things that, that where the enemy maybe won that little battle and we stay there and we don't let go of it. He's like, man, I let go of it. He made, he made some mistakes, but man, he kept on going. Number five is I'm forward thinking. I'm forward thinking, which is focus. A constant, I constant look at what he is doing, where he's going, what he wants. I'm focused on being smack dab in the middle of what it is that God's doing. That's focus. As believers, that's what we should be doing. We should be focused on that. Number six, I'm pressing again. I'm pressing. Stopping is not an option. Stopping is not an option. 
until I move from this world to the next, until I stand before him, my constant, my goal, my determined purpose is to what? Know him. That's, our, that's, what our, that's what our goal should be in life. No matter if we're young, no matter if we're old, our constant should be these things. I'm pushing, I'm going, that's my goal. I'm not getting pulled off, I'm not getting distracted. And finally this, our conduct, which is the real story. Philippians 3.18 says, for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. Guys, listen to this. Don't, 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 don't let go yet. We're not quite there. With tears in my eyes that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross. Man, Paul, with tears in his eyes, he's trying to communicate to this group of believers. Listen, man, don't get, don't get pulled off. Don't get pulled off by the things that you're going through. Don't get pulled off by the persecution. Don't get pulled off by the pain. Don't, go, don't get pulled off by these things, that, the failures that you have. Don't get pulled off by what the enemy has lied to you. No, 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 don't. With tears in his eyes. Your conduct is the real story. Philippians 3.19 says that they are headed for destruction. The God of their appetite, they brag about shameful things and they think about their life here on the earth. Listen guys, your conduct, it tells the real story. Your conduct each and every day, how you live your life tells the real story. It tells whether your life is about God, I know about God, or whether it's personal. Because man, when it's personal, our conduct lines up with his word. It lines up in everything we do, the way we think, the way we operate, the way we love, the way we, 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 we live our life. And, and so you can look at your life, and man, if your conduct is, is, is matching that of the world, you're, 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 you're in for disappointment. You're in for disaster. You're on the wrong path. We looked at that last week. And so it's, it's the real determining factor and it's the real story in our lives. First John 2, 2 says, here's how you can be sure that we know God, right? That we all wanna know God. I think if we, re, we, we asked, hey, do you wanna know God? I think every hand in here would go up. I wanna know God. What he says here is, is here's how you can be sure that we know God in the right way. Keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. We don't have to, this is not rocket science, guys. I mean, I don't have a lot of points here this morning and you're kind of like, wow, there's a lot of points. It's like, man, just keep his commandments. What did he say? How did he tell you to live? Do that. Colossians 1.10 says that then you will live a life that honors the Lord and you will always please him by doing good deeds. And then look at this, you'll come to know God even better. So what is it? The confidence placed correctly, the constant that you live by, and the conduct of your life. If you wanna know him more, number one, it's gotta be personal. And so that's my prayer for each and every one of you guys, that you don't go, just go through life knowing about God. Man, make it personal. Make some choices this week, today. I'm gonna put some stuff aside and I'm gonna begin to make this personal, amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and just pray. Father, we come before you today. I thank you, Father God, for your word. Your word 
to us, your word to this family, your word to these men and to these women, your word to these students. God, I pray today that this would just not be another message that they hear, but God, it would be a message of transformation in their own life where they accept the responsibility to make knowing you personal. Because God, I know, just as Paul knew, that when we chase human effort and when we pursue all these other things, we're wasting our time. It's worthless. And God, my prayer for these people is, is that they would see that. God, these students that have so many years in front of them where your plan and your will and your purpose for them is so great, God, they can't get there unless they begin to develop this personal relationship with you. That's how you speak to them. That's how you direct them. That's how you correct them. And that's how you help them get into your will. And so I just pray for everybody in here because I know, Father God, that as we know you personally, God, we can be blessed and, and, and we can be a blessing. Our lives can be different and we can influence those around you and we can operate, Father, in what it is that you have called us to. And so I just thank you that in this, this week and in this month, we'll focus on making it personal. And in the months to come, we will continue and it to be a constant, just as it was with Paul, that it is constant that our determined purpose is to know you. God, when we get to the end of this year, I believe it'll be different. It'll be different for each and every person that's in here today. There'll be changes that are made, transformation taking place, not even the same. They'll be able to look back on February and say, so much has changed. I thank you, Father God, for strengthening each and every person here today, just as Paul prayed, Father, I pray the same for them, that, 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 that your light would just shine brightly in them. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's anybody in here and you, you, you are far from him, you've, you've not been following him, you've been making decisions to go the other direction, or maybe you've just never made a decision to follow him, today is the day to get back right with him. And we don't wanna leave this place. And so if you're here and you're that person, number one, you're far from him. Number two, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Just slip up your hand, there's no one looking, and just say, that's me, Brian, pray with me. I wanna accept him as my Lord and as my Savior. I see that hand, you can put it down. Anybody else that wants to join this one, Anybody else that wants to join this one? All right, let's pray with our, our, our brother in the Lord. So just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son. I confess my sin to you today. I thank you for your grace and your forgiveness and your power to bring me back into right standing and fellowship with you today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you didn't make a decision and you wanted to make a decision or you're the one that did, we've got a prayer team. They'll be right down here after we dismiss. They'll get you some information. They'll help you. They'll encourage you in your walk with him. And if there's anybody else in here and you want prayer for anything that's going on in your life, Take the opportunity to agree with others of like precious faith. There's great power that's available in that. Amen? Well, hey, stand up. 
I want to thank you guys for coming today. Make sure, ladies, you get, get over to MyC.info, sign up for the event that's coming up. It's going to be a great time. Make sure you get your teenagers signed up for Ignite Weekend. It's going to be a great weekend with no sleep, lots of food, and a lot of smells. You guys are dismissed. Have a great afternoon, and we'll see you back here Wednesday at 7 p.m.